Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. Let's start off this story with some news uh, out of ESPN. Uh, more than two dozen female fighters joined together in a statement uh, last week calling for the option to fight 12 rounds and three-minute rounds if they choose to do so for championship fights. Uh, the story being written by Michael Rothstein continues. The statement comes weeks after Amanda Serrano and uh, Daniela Ramos fight on October 27th for Serrano's IBF, WBO, and WBA featherweight championships in 12 three-minute rounds. The first time a unified title will be fought by women at those specifications. The majority of women's title fights are currently contested in 10 two-minute rounds. Beyond Serrano and Ramos, many of the top names in the sport, past and present, supported the statement, including undisputed junior welterweight champ Chantel Cameron, WBA and WBC strawweight champ Senecia Estrada, IBF welterweight champ Natasha Jonas, Michaela Mayer, Franchon Cruz Desern, Holly Holm, Heather Hardy, Christy Martin, Anne Wolfe, Shadesha Green, Layla Ali, and Ramla Ali. So that's uh, a, a great news, uh, I think, out of uh, out of the boxing world. Uh, equality, I think, uh, should prevail. Um, it was actually Layla McCarter, who was previously uh, showcased and interviewed on Talk and Fight, uh, who supported the statement and fought uh, in the last known major 12-round, three-minute round fight back in 2007, by the way, when she beat Donna Biggers and Melissa Hernandez although neither fight went the distance. So women in the in the sport have pushed for the three-minute rounds over the past half decade, and the Senecia Estrada, Marlon Espaza, WBA interim flyweight title fight in 2019 was scheduled for 10 three-minute rounds, although Estrada won the fight by technical decision after it was stopped following a cut uh, from a headbutt. So there you go. Something to look forward to in women's boxing. Uh, around the world, uh, World Boxing, the new international federation established uh, to keep boxing at the heart of the Olympic movement, as told to us by womenboxing.com and Sue Fox and friends, will hold its inaugural congress at the Marina Kaden venue in Frankfurt am Main in Germany on the 24th and 25th of November of this year. The Congress will host World Boxing's first ever elections when members will vote for a range of offices, including president, vice president, and places on World Boxing's executive board, along with the chairs of the Sports and Competition Committee, the Medical and Anti-Doping Committees, and the Finance and Audit Committee. Frankfurt am Main has been specifically chosen as a location for World Boxing's first elections, owing to its historical significance as the cradle of the German democratic movement uh, and the place uh, where the first freely elected parliament for all German states first sat in May back in 1848. So nominations uh, from 18 countries across four continents uh, have been accepted for the executive positions. As I said, voting will take place uh, on the 24th and 25th of November. Uh, once the vetting has been uh, completed, a final list of eligible candidates will be published in back uh, in October this, this year, no later than 30 days before the elections actually take place. So that's uh, coming up in, in a few short weeks. And World Boxing members will have two or three votes depending on their compliance with the voting rules 
detailed in World Boxing's statutes. Uh, uh, Simon uh, Jolson, Secretary General of World Boxing, said, hosting its inaugural Congress and holding open, fair, and transparent elections will be a significant milestone in the evolution of world boxing and demonstrate for the organizations delivering on its commitment to principles in, of integrity, honesty, and excellence. So congratulations to world boxing uh, flying in the face of the IBA. Speaking of flying in the face, Lee Wood's uh, fists, as you know, were flying on the weekend, and uh, Lee Wood insists he does not care who he faces next as long as it's at Nottingham Forest City Ground. After Eddie Hearn described that Josh Warrington rematch as the biggest fight out there for him. Uh, this comes uh, in the wake of uh, me suggesting on the Friday night panel uh, that perhaps Joe Gordina uh, might, be, uh, might be a good uh, battle for, uh, for uh, Lee Wood. Lots of news coming across here. The conclusion uh, to their fight came under co controversial circumstances when he fought uh, Josh Warrington, who believed that Michael Alexander waved it off too early without giving him the adequate time to prove his recovery. Uh, now the attention has turned to what might be next for Wood, uh, who has been promised a 2024 fight at the home of his beloved Nottingham Forest, who play uh, football in that city of Nottingham. Uh, the 35-year-old says he'll definitely be moving up to super featherweight, uh, which has opened the door to an all-British clash, as I said, with Joe Cortina. Uh, names like Emmanuel Navarrete have also popped up uh, for the outdoor clash, but Wood is adamant he doesn't mind who is in the opposite corner. Speaking of people who are uh, a little bit upset with the uh, judge's decision, former light heavyweight world champion Joe Smith Jr., uh, debuted and lost in the cruiserweight division on Saturday night against Gilberto Zerdo Ramirez in a riveting 10-round clash that had fans on the edge of their seats, and that was held at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, the action-packed two-way battle between the Warriors had fans once again feeling the strength and power that has made Smith Jr. a must-see attraction throughout his career. Judges uh, from, Scores from the judges, 99-91. All three do not depict the outstanding fight, nor the, nor give credit to Smith Jr. Smith Jr. was returning to the ring following a rough 16-month period of personal headaches, including the murder of his younger brother Alex this past May. Stated Joe DeGuardia, president of Star Boxing, Smith's longtime promoter, we're very proud of Joe's performance last night. He continues to show these top-level, my must-see fighter, even now at cruiserweight. As for the judges... 99-91 is extremely disappointing. And while Zerto may have pulled out the fight, there's this is no way warrants that scoring. This is no way warrants that final scoring, nor does it reflect what everyone watching the fight witnessed. It's also troubling that if the fight had been a 12-rounder and Joe had won the last two rounds, he still wouldn't have gotten the decision, which amplifies why such scoring is concerning. However, our focus is on the thrilling action that Joe provides in the ring. He's back, and I expect him to be even stronger in the near future, and we'll be seeking a rematch of this very exciting fight. Over to BoxingNews24.com, where we see Jim Kaff has some uh, reporting out of Tim Zeidkamp. It's interesting to, uh, that he might be facing uh, Canelo Alvarez, Jermel Charlo, or Terrence Crawford if he successfully defends his WOD. 
WBO junior middleweight title against Brian Mendoza, upcoming in Sydney, Australia. Tim uh, says he sees himself staying at 154 for another year before he moves up to 160. So if Crawford wants to fight him, he's going to need to do it uh, soon before he moves up in weight to the middleweight division. So you can't afford to look past the dangerous puncher Mendoza, 22 and 2, 16 knockouts for their headliner on Showtime Boxing International at 10.30 Eastern time this upcoming uh, weekend. Mendoza is a huge puncher. He's on a roll right now, having won his last three fights by knockout. And he's looking like a real threat to Sayu and to Jermel if he comes back down to 154. It would make the most sense for the undisputed junior middleweight champ, Sayu, 23-0, by the way, uh, to fight Jermel, who holds the IBF, WBA, and WBC titles in the same division. Jermel is expected to return to the 154-pound weight class after his loss to Canelo Alvarez in 2021. Sayu uh, currently holds Jermel's WBO title, which he needs to regain his undisputed status. The bigger money fights for Sayu would be at 168, where he would have the opportunity to face Canelo and David Benavides. If Sayu is going to move up, he'll need to do it soon because Canelo will likely retire in the next three years. Fair enough. Alrighty, let's move along to Pat McCormack, who's going to face Pete Dobson on November 11th in Newcastle. A good Remembrance Day affair. Uh, rising welterweight star Pat McCormack will headline the first ever show when he puts his WBA international title on the line against undefeated American Peter Dobson at the Utilita Arena in Newcastle, Saturday, November 11th, to be shown worldwide on the zone. This coming courtesy of worldboxingnews.net. Matchroom return to Newcastle for their latest Next Generation offering featuring um, following Cyrus Pattinson's unforgettable war with Welshman Chris Jenkins back in March. But this time, all eyes will be on Tokyo 2020 Olympic super medalist McCormack, who takes his biggest step up to date. Sunderland's McCormack, he's 5-0, four knockouts, has breezed through his first five opponents since turning pro in March 2022, claiming his first title in the paid ranks last time out in July as he retired Tom Dixon in four rounds to earn the WBA ranking title. The Ben Davidson-trained talent returns to the Utilita Arena in Newcastle for the third time as he defends his belts against New York's Dobson, 16-0, nine knockouts who arrives at these shores full of confidence, having won all 16 of his professional contests since turning over in 2014. Let's move on to uh, BoxingNews24.com's Craig Daly, who says on Saturday night, IBF middleweight champ Vincenzo Gilateri, 21-0 with one draw, will take on powerful WBO champ Janabek Alam Kanuli, 14-0, nine knockouts, in a two-belt unification fight uh, to be shown on ESPN. This is not the ideal fight for the top-ranked promoter Janabek to become a superstar at 160, but with no interest from the bigger names in the weight class, he has to sell to facing the obscure IBF champion, uh, Gualtieri. Uh, the idea is that Janabek will gain fame by collecting all 160-pound titles to become the undisputed champion, much like Terence Crawford, who accomplished this in, uh, 15 years ago. Wow. Alan Canuli and Gualtieri will take place at the Fort uh, Bend Epicenter in Rosenberg, Texas. And as I said, shown on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Being at uh, 3, uh, sorry, 7.30 7 p.m. Pacific Time or 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Janabek needs a good performance on Saturday night to help build his popularity because he lost fans when he struggled against British club fighter Denzel Bentley last November. For Janabek to gain popularity in a hurry, he'll need to take a big career risk by moving up to 168 so that he can get those fights against Canelo, David Benavidez, Caleb Plant, and Demetrius Andrade, among others. All righty, let's have a quick look here across the pond. Ah, yes. Marlon Tapales, uh, the Filipino, two-belt super bantamweight champ. Marlon Tapales will be a pretty big underdog when he climbs into the ring with rival two-belt, 122-pound uh, champ, Naya Inui, later this year. A fight possible to go for December 26th in Japan. Uh, but don't tell the Filipino worry of his or his team, Tapales, who has already been training for the fight for some time, will not all be all will not at all be overawed by fighting in Japan as a 31-year-old Southpaw has boxed there before, four times in total, with the current WBA and IBF champ winning all four. Speaking ahead of his big fight, uh, the monster, Tapales, 37-3, 18 knockouts, says he will reverse things on fight night and become Inoue's worst nightmare. He said, I will be the Japanese monster's biggest nightmare this coming December in his hometown said to Palace, I'm so glad my everyday training always goes smoothly. My condition looks good, as well as my stamina, durability, punching power, and quickness. So by December, during fight night, I'll be better than ever. I will be ready to be Inui's worst nightmare. Alrighty, uh, over to Canada for some news about Ryan Rosicki, who we were talking about just very recently on the Friday night panel as well. Uh, three Lions promotions present a card of professional boxing on Saturday, December 2nd at the MRA Centre in Sydney, Nova Scotia, Canada. The card will be headlined by 12-round WBC Cruiserweight Final Eliminator contest between former WBC World Title Challenger Ryan the Bruiser Rosicki. He's 19-1, 18 knockouts. And Nigeria's Olan Rangjua God's Power Durodola. He's 43-9, and nine, by the way, with 39 knockouts. The winner will become the mandatory challenger to the world champion. The Cruiserweight inaugural title, which was vacated by Badu Jack, will be contested by WBC-ranked number one, Noel uh, Mikhailovin, who's 26-2, and two, 11 knockouts, and former WBC world title holder, WBC-ranked number two, Ilunga Makuba, 29-3, 25 knockouts, uh, in November 4th. Uh, in Miami, USA. Rosicki is currently ranked number eight by the WBC and suffered his only loss against Oscar Rivas, 28-1, by the way, in October 2021, when he challenged for the vacant WBC World Bridgeweight title. Since then, Rosicki has won his last six fights, four of which were stopped before the end of the third. Rosicki's most recent accolade was being crowned the NABF Cruiserweight champ last week on September 30th, winning the spectacular knockout in the 10th round against then-defending champion USA's Alante Green, 10-2-1, by the way. Duradula, who resides in both USA and Nigeria, is currently ranked number 12 by the WBC. As with Rosicki, uh, he has, has had hand raised in the last six fights, winning them all by way of knockout. Duradula's last defeat nearly two years ago was the current WBC number 6, Richard Rapport, 16-0, 14 knockouts out of Britain. Duradula would get a second chance fighting for the same title if he becomes mandatory, originally challenging uh, Ilunga Makuba back in December of 2020. So some good fighting to be had in the upcoming months. 
And we'll conclude today's episode with a bit of sad news out of uh, South Africa. Reigning South African bantamweight champion uh, Ronald King Walinda died on Saturday after having spent nearly two months in the Helen Joseph Hospital, where he had been admitted after being shot in the head and chest in the Westbury Township. Very sad news indeed. The 29-year-old fighter, who was actually a cab driver and lived in Brixton for a while, uh, was originally from uh, Tashuma outside of Trohoyandu. Wow. Melinda made his pro debut on uh, 24th of December 2017 at the Emperor's Palace near Kempton Park against uh, Tulumusa Nagima and won on a first-round technical knockout. He won his next four fights inside the distance before winning on points over four, uh, four rounds against Ronnie Cilioni. After scoring another two victories, he won the vacant ABU African Bantamweight title with a first-round technical knockout over Alexander Gambinda, winning his next three fights in style. He then claimed the vacant South African Bantamweight title with a 12-round points win over Mabulio Dianti. He would go on to make four successful defenses of the title and needed only one more successful defense to retain the belt for his own property. In his last fight, on 8th of July 2022, at the Steve uh, Chiswete Banquet Hall, Middleburg, he retained the title on a 12-round split decision against Rafiwa Nemushangwa to finish with an outstanding record of 19-0 with nine knockouts. Sad news indeed. All right, boxing fans, thank you very much for joining me today on Talk and Fight. Appreciate it very much. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and we'll see you later on at 4 p.m. Eastern time when I join Mike Orr for his show, Knuckle Up.